All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast. Lots to talk about. Tons of news. We finished the, oh my God, it's Jason Bourne rewatch. We're going to do streamer versus steamer for the first time ever with X-Men, the new mutants, all kinds of news. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Doing very well, my friend. Doing good. How are you guys, man? I am great. Lots to talk about. Lots of good stuff on. Lots of good news. Um, but before we jump into all this stuff, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Get the Nordy's Podcast to your corner of your device each and every week for free. For free. Yes, that like for like 400 plus episodes i've said that and then i turn it over to you guys and you guys every time. it's my favorite part <laughs> i'm gonna just start thinking of totally random shit to say because there's nothing to say besides yep good job mm-hmm. Apricots. i'm yeah. not leaving you in a good spot i'm leaving you no, in, but no it's part of you know if you enjoy it then <laughs> fuck the listener all right <laughs> guys what are you drinking tonight at home all right you guys have had this i think in weeks past but i haven't picked it up yet this year it's big doinks from Fair State, and it's like a, they call it an extra dank IPA, and it is. It's juicy. It's kind of a little bit more bitter, like the old school IPA recipes. Uh, juicy and flavorful. I like it. I am drinking probably, this is in like my top three favorite beers I've ever had. Um, my first yeah. taste of this beer was fantastic. And I, I'm, I'm not being hyperbolic. Like, this is liquid mosaic crystals from Modest, double dry hop mosaic New England IPA. And this has, this is like the best of all of the worlds for me. It's a little bit thick. It's a little bit hazy, but very drinkable and approachable. It's not too hoppy. It's not too sweet. It's only 6.4 ABV. It, it's just the perfect beer. I love this beer. If I, if I find more of this, I'm going to get more and, and drink as much of it as I can. I love this beer so much. Hey, let's put it down. Hey, Eric and I will have to try it. And then let's mark it down. It could be a contender for Nori. We have to remember these because it's so hard at the end of the year to remember all the best beers we tried. All right. Um, I am drinking 56 Brewings All in Peach Pale Ale. This is the Pink Boots Society beer. It's uh, women of 56 teamed up to brew a beer on International Women's Day. Um, we're all in on making craft beer an industry where everyone can thrive regardless of gender, identity, or race. Seems like a good cause. Seems like something to get behind. I love it this from 56 and i will tell you this is a type of beer that i haven't had in a really long time but it's the kind of beer that i have always really liked uh peach ale i love peach mm-hmm. um and this is really nice like this would be good on a hot day dude i had some actually i was gonna try to keep some but my wife got into it and she had two and i had two and they're gone so i drank it over the weekend i loved it i love peach and beer i love apricot they work so well All right, guys, let's move into Do We Care. Lots of good news this week. And I think the place to start is definitely Amazon announcing Lord of the Rings Season 1. The budget for this is going to be $450 million for one season. That's that's insane. This is five times more expensive than the final season of Game of Thrones. Which was, I think that was the most expensive season of TV ever made right there, right? So... This is, um, it's blowing that out of the water. Yeah. Uh, I think this is like way higher than the end game budget. Um, oh my God. Was like the end game budget was 356 million. So this is almost a hundred million more than end game. So this For better be one good. season. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say that exact thing. This has now the pressure of being a super successful TV show pinned upon it, even though we, you know, we already had high hopes for it. But now Mm -hmm. that they announced a budget as astronomically stupid as that, it better live up to it. You got to wonder if the next season will actually be cheaper. You know what I mean? If they're doing building sets for the whole show and they're putting together costumes and, you know, they got into the old ones and it's a bunch of, they all had moth hole, you know, holes. So like, oh shit, like we got to rebuild everything, all the armor. Um, I don't know. Like that's the only way I can explain it. I know it'll be heavily CG, but so is Game of Thrones and it didn't cost that much. I think it's, um, that's, that's an incredibly great point that if they've got to build everything from scratch, you know, because um, probably all the stuff from like the original Lord of the Rings movies is now like a tourist attraction yeah. spot. You know, they can't they can't use those. So they got to build everything up. And maybe you're right. Next season will be like, well, only 300 million this <laughs> right. season. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at, at the same some time, of those assets. yeah, yeah, I agree. I they're not paying actors that much. There's not even like huge name actors. It's a big cast. No. So crazy. But I, hey, man, like I think a, it's good news. This is like a big dick contest on television. And Amazon is saying, oh, yeah, we'll spend uh, five times more than a Game of Thrones season on our new show, which is going to be better. And it's a bigger property before we even get started. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, we're going to just buy up like Monday Night Football next or whatever. I think they have Thursday night. They've had the last few years exclusively mm-hmm. this year. Football is their next big foray. I mean, I think they're just trying to start launching their like we're going to take over all businesses before they're like, we're going to just run politics too. You guys, Amazon going to buy that super league, baby. I hope they <laughs> that would be exciting. That would be fine with me. Um, dude, I care. I mean, good. I, I think this is, I just now realized this is probably my most anticipated new show. Um, I think that I'm still more excited about, um, a new Thrones or possible Harry Potter show. Uh, because at this point, I'm just more invested in those stories than I am in Game of Thrones. I'm sorry, than I am in Lord of the Rings. But yeah, so you're I, more excited for the whatever they throw at us from from the Game of Thrones world than this. Yes, but this could easily blow that away. Yeah, I mean, this just might be too good, and like they're gonna get rid of all the cheesy bullshit from the 2000s movie and be like, all right, welcome to 2021. This is Amazon now. Let's TV. Go. <laughs> this is this is the new be- this is the new benchmark. Yeah, it might be that. Well, so it. I, care. I mean, think about it. we waited for winter for so long, and this is just five times more expensive. But not to be outdone, HBO hops on the social media and t- tweets out, "Winter is coming." Yeah, what was that about? Do we know? No, I think there's a lot of speculation. Maybe some new announcement, new throne show. Some people are speculating that they're going to redo the final season. I think that would be just crazy, but like it would be exciting too. It would be great. While everybody's still about the same age, bring them all back. It would be electric. If the costumes do not have moth holes in it yet. Put them back in there and and write it differently. And instead of making it six hours, you you make it ten or twelve hours, and you do it right. All right. So give me give me your first um, simple quick fix to fixing the last season, like episode one. What needs to happen to completely change the course of it? Well, I don't remember the plot that well, but one thing that I want them to to fix is give, you know, when they take these houses that have like positioned themselves this whole time through six seasons, you know, whether it's the, maybe it's the Tyrells and then they just extinguish the entire house in like seven minutes of screen time. I'm not okay with that. Like I have a major problem with that. Um, like that's, you're just like, well, we don't have time for them. Let's just come up with a quick way for them to get taken out of the picture. Now, um, we need to do, they need to do better. 
So I just yeah, want the, yeah, the like, houses that just disappeared off the map because they had to remove players so they could come up to an end game. They need to treat that with more respect. They literally got rid of the whole fray house, and then it was like dun 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 dun, dun, dun. like the episode <laughs> had not even started yet. <laughs> We're like, oh my god, what is the show gonna be like? Frey House before the opening song even hit. Yeah, and they don't even do cold opens usually. No, <laughs> they literally just were like, yeah, the whole house is dead. We killed Arya, killed every one of them. So make sure you don't worry about those guys anymore. Okay, we're moving on. Let's go. We'll um, knock out another house next week. Okay, so here's how I would fix it. First episode, right? Um, Brands flying around as the Raven or whatever, you know? Yeah, and then. Like someone just grabs the raven and cuts its head off, and Bran's just dead. <laughs> He's just not part of the show anymore because Bran was horrible. Worthless. That would be horrible. No, the, Bran is horrible because they didn't do. There was no reason for him to do all that stuff. Yeah, and then at the end, he was just the king, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm just a weirdo, but it's all good. I don't even use those powers anymore. I just kind of sit here now." <laughs> yeah, I wish they would like. I wish they would have started out arriving at Winterfell, like just to. Okay, so. Again, I realize there's a lot of other pieces, but they waited till like episode two and then they drew it out and they're like arriving slowly and they're watching all of these people walk on horses. And like we had we had like a three minute walking on horses montage of like, oh, yeah, we got to make sure we get all our famous actors a little bit of FaceTime here. To, yep. So we all remember, like, just get that. They, they jetpacked all over. Westeros just yep. move that crap along and then you can tell other stuff like you don't need to hold that when there was so much time spent like with Tyrion and and the talking and things like you got a lot of shit to accomplish yeah having little fireside chats um was cool in season two I, I'm not here for that in season eight like, that I was want, actually one this. of my favorite episodes of the season was them preparing at Winterfell because it was slow and you got these moments and you got a big moment with Brienne where she feels like she's been, you know, finally le- legitimized. Um, but it didn't fit. I totally agree because everyone was like, you can't just go warp speed, slow pace. It's called pacing for a reason. It can be slow or it can be fast, but you can't just have these big gaps. So I would like to see more of that if you get, if they give me 12 hours. Yeah, I mean, they really needed two more seasons, like yeah. like Eric was saying, make it make it ten or twelve episodes. They, they needed they need additional time to really suss out all of the low hanging fruit that needed to be addressed. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, yeah. I came up with such a good idea. All right, okay. Um, later this year, like maybe in the fall, like going into the winter. Winter is coming on the Nordies podcast, okay. and we do the our rewatch of the ten best Game of Thrones episodes. I think I'd be ready that. for that. <laughs> also, um, are we over Game of Thrones using that phrase? Because uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Like, I, I'm not buying into the winter is coming anymore. Okay. Winter yeah. didn't really happen. The long night, the long night lasted like 45 minutes. When winter came, he was a minute man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> from one thing to another, uh, from one great, um, you know, well, I guess Game of Thrones wouldn't be considered great. But we'll go to someone who is John Favreau. Uh, the rumor is that he is looking to create a new Skywalker character to reboot Star Wars in some way. Um, not a lot of information on this. I mean, they just did this with Ray Skywalker. Uh, does this interest you at all, or do you just have all the faith in the world in anything that Favreau does? So Ray wasn't a Skywalker, Skywalker though. In the end, was she? No, well, she was no one. She was a Palpatine. I thought she was a Palpatine. Yeah. 
But then yeah. she took the name Skywalker at the end. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, great. Um, no, I <laughs> care about JJ. this. Because, and not necessarily because they're going to try to retcon stuff and come up with a new Skywalker character, do whatever they want. I think the most important thing here is that John Favreau is going to produce something, whether he writes it, directs it, probably both. This is big. I mean, he has been amazing for the Star Wars franchise. Um, Mandalorian is incredible. Let's get him on the big screen. In John, we trust. Yes. I mean, he has done nothing but uh, knock things out of the park everywhere he's gone. I actually think that when they let him kind of run with the smaller stories, he's at his best. So um, I guess, you know, he he seemed to be really strong when it was like doing Iron Man, then doing Mandalorian, you know, like doing the stories where he can dive a little deeper. So I'm just curious what this will look like. I'm interested in anything Star Wars does at, at this point, to be honest with you. Even yeah. when, even when they miss, it's not a myth. Like, like Solo, still yeah. worth watching? Solo, I've watched it like four times. Like, it's <laughs> good. It's just, it's just bad compared to most of the other stuff. But right. even at this last trilogy, you know, it gets to the end. Everyone's like, wow, that was so stupid. But like, I had a great time watching it. It's like, I agree. We hold these stories on such pedestals sometimes that we discount the fact that you had a great time watching it the whole time because it didn't like check your Easter egg checklist, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm excited. It's definitely meaningful to me. Anything that he touches right now is something I'm interested in. Amen, bro. I'm excited, man. Well, obviously, as we learn more, we will talk about it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think it was Luda who said, too fast, too furious. Which was a really great Ludacris song. Um, um, yeah. Fast Nine trailer out. I don't know if Ludacris is still in it. Um, there's probably oh, yeah. like three more WWE stars added since the last one. Um, I haven't really watched any of these movies, nor do I have any interest. Not a car guy, and also not really into any of the people that are in these movies. Does and you're not big into family either. So what's that? <laughs> you know, you've clearly never watched them. There's like memes about it because all they ever say is like. We do it for family with oh, me. Oh, that's rough. So if you're not into that, just ask your, your buddy Bubba. He'll tell you all about it. Everything you need to know about Fast. I mean, I don't even think that like the being ridiculous is the part I don't like. I think maybe it's Vin Diesel. Like, I'm not okay. a really big Vin Diesel fan. Um, Vin Diesel, my favorite Vin Diesel role, do you know what it is? Groot, where yeah. he does nothing. It's Groot. <laughs> it's my favorite Vin Diesel role. Um, this does nothing for me. I probably would watch it if someone paid me. I think they're going to space. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all that's left. Yeah, they've already done like Antarctica with the submarine on the ice. So there's no, there's literally no other place on Earth they can go. There you go. That's why they're going to the stars. Space. No, I don't care about this. I don't think I actually got through the whole trailer. I think I just shut it off. I know they had a lot of de aging scenes. So I don't know if they're, if part of the movie is going to take place like, you know, in the past and then some is going to take place in the present time. I don't know. But I, I think we've wasted enough time. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care at all. Um, all right, let's make up for it with something that we do care about. Curb Your Enthusiasm, likely to return this fall. I love it. I love I want, season 10. I want, I want Latte Larry's back in full swing. I want the beans. I want Leon. Give me all of Leon. All of it. Like, Leon is my favorite, like, side character that, like, could possibly also be a main character in any TV series ever. I want yeah, more. At some point, maybe he gets his spinoff. That would be great, actually. 
more Mocha Joes, more John Ham. I mean, I just I thought this season was the best. And guys, I have to tell you guys. So uh, you know, I'm slightly slightly younger than you guys. I never watched Curb before this reboot. I don't know. Has there been one or two new seasons? Yeah, I think there's been maybe three. Yeah, yeah, maybe three. I think Jim's yeah. right. So since it was it was off for like five years. Yeah. So since the reboot started, I've watched all of those episodes, and I liked it so much that I went back to watch all the old ones. And it's just like when you go back, and then you're like, oh yeah, the cameras were really terrible before. And yeah, so for sure. Acting how poorly we were at making television shows 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. And well, so- it was like, that had to have been like 05? Yeah. 04? Mm-hmm. Like that was out around the same time like when Entourage was big yeah. on HBO. If you want to date, if I want to date myself. Um, so yeah, that I, I don't even know if, has it been converted to HD? Like, no. is that even a, okay? Or is it just in standard depth? Here's here's where it is, guys. So the first season was in 2000. No, yeah. Oh, and it okay. ran 2000 through 2011 with two-year breaks for the last four seasons. Then, okay. then it came back in 2017 for one season and then 2020 for one season. Okay. So he's been all over the place. And I think that, like, the newer stuff is so much better. I know that's probably blasphemy. Uh, but I thought that the no. last couple seasons were just perfection. There was great moments, I think, in previous seasons. But I think that these kind of through stories were better. You know, like Agreed. where you kind of were they revisiting stuff, so it makes you want to watch every episode. So, well, like the, la- the latte Larry's is the is the anchor, right? Yeah, for right. the most recent season, always get back to the wall. Um, when he's so like redesigning, he's, he's redesigning the bathroom, right? Oh, and God, he's got the he's got so the mail, and then he they go into the women's one. It's like hanging on to a bar, and they're like, "Oh God, this is so uncomfortable!" Like it's just <laughs> it's perfect. Let's get out of here. We don't have to use it anyways. <laughs> oh God. So, anyways, I was gonna say that like I'm not a giant Jeff Garland fan. Um, I saw his stand up, and I didn't like him after that. But he did this pretty damn good. He was really captivating on this interview he did with somebody at uh, The Ringer. They're doing some podcasts. And he made a really good point. You know, the, the guy asked him, hey, look, I mean, we were all going through this pandemic, just wondering what Larry David would have to say about it. And Jeff Garland was like, I get that. But the stuff that we all lived through was so ridiculous that it's not it's not great. Like, he's like, I, I love South Park. And I'm a huge South Park fan. And I watched the pandemic special they did, and it was so well written, so well done, and I didn't laugh one time. And I was Great. like, you know what? It was so clever and it was so good, but I didn't laugh either because we have our own stories on it. So they're not going to do any pandemic shit. They're going to do like touch on it a couple times in episode one, and then it's all post pandemic. So he can do his own shit, which I love. Good. I just like how he touches on big topics in quick and funny ways. The Trump thing with him where he wore the MAGA hat because he realized no one would talk to him in public. (laughs) (laughs) Or the, I think it was in the the last season in 2017 with the thank you for your service, where he didn't thank the the soldier and like how still, you know what I mean? And it's like, why didn't you thank him for his service? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What am I going to thank him for? Like all that stuff is like done in such a creative way that they, they talk about it and make it seem silly because it really is. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I care about this one. Care a lot. Agree. All right. Next up, guys, Shazam is getting a villain, and it's Lucy Liu. Um, I think I care about this because I really thought that if I heard the name when I heard the name Lucy Liu, you know, when we were going through this in our pre-meeting, and you said pre-production, yeah, I thought to myself she died because that's the only thing that could have popped up. See the first one. Not sure it makes me more likely to see the second one, but for some reason, I care. 
up that I would have believed with Lucy Liu. The fact that she is going to be the villain in some big movie is wild to me. Really? It is so interesting. You think I Lucy Liu has fallen off that hard? <laughs> yes. I swore I saw her in something not that long ago. Yeah, Charlie's Angels Reloaded or whatever. I feel like every time we do this, Eric starts thinking, uh-oh, deep dive. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's already Googling Don't, don't do it. Don't, Dude, no one cares about Lucy Liu's deep dive. Don't do it. Spoiler alert, overrated. Um, but no, Lucy Liu is great. Whatever. So she's going to team up. She's going to be one of the bad guys with, um, who is it? Who's, come on, Eric, you wrote it down, right? Who's the um, classically trained British Helen, actress? Helen, Helen Mirren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple of middle-aged ladies, uh, super scary for Shazam. I mean, I don't oh, care. Eric's yeah. already got it pulled up. What has I, she done recently? No, I can't, nothing. All right, okay. I think it's, honestly, I think her, the last thing she did was all the panda panda movies, just like uh, our Black. other girl, Angela Jolie, Angelina Jolie, we did last time. I really want to go into it, but I, I won't for you guys. Please don't. Please Thank don't. Thank you. I mean, she was in such great movies as The Pirate, Fairy, Kung Fu Panda 3, Set It Up, Future World, um, Stage Mother, Tale of Yikes. Princess Kagaguya, and Secret of the Wings. Oh, my goodness. Okay, don't know any of those. And The Man with the Iron Fists. So that's as far back as we're going. That goes back quite a few years. So, <laughs> Okay, well, she fell off. So lucky she's alive. All right, Mads Mikkelsen is joining Indiana Jones 5. No chance he's not the villain, right? Um, right. He's for sure the villain. Like, just, I think he's. I think he's going to be the Marcus Brody character, uh, like okay. the museum owner guy. So you think he's going to be like a like a dude? He always plays like the super smart, cunning, scary, soft, scary guy, not like the bumbling, silly man. But you're right. You're right. Damn it. Well, so what I was going to say was, I think he's going to play the Marcus character, who's going to end up yeah. like circling back to be the villain oh, yeah. in a way. We we know this series too well. Um, at this point. The Indiana Five news is welcome to me. Like I am here for all of it. This movie is going to suck, and I will probably see it in theaters opening weekend. <laughs> Let's go! I'm serious. Like I love it. Our Indiana Jones rewatch was one of my very favorites. Um, yep. Behind Potter and Marvel were probably my two favorites so far. And Indiana Jones very well may be third. I mean, not because they were the best movies. Some of them were. A couple of them were fantastic. But even when it was dumb. It was really fun to talk about and fun to watch. So when this thing comes out, I think it's going to have to be pod homework because it's going to have to be like a watch at the end of our rewatch to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Guys. I care a little bit. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I care. It's uh, time to move into Hot Rex. Lots of things that we're watching. And we're actually going to start with one that we are going to end the episode with. We're going to dive deep into Falcon and the Winter Soldier going into the last episode this week. So at the end of the episode. But right now we'll just brush on it. Yeah, we'll brush on it. Um, I think where we're at right now, um, I, I thought it kind of slowed down in the middle of the season. Actually, it was like not feeling it that much after three episodes. And I thought four and five were really strong. I think that they're giving us important stories. And it feels brave from Marvel and Disney. Because it shouldn't be brave to talk about race in a sensitive and smart and, you know, thoughtful and realistic way. Um, but I don't think Disney has done a lot of that. I don't think Marvel has done a lot of that. And I think their take on race in America, race through history, race in comic book movies and movies in general. I think through all of it, it's been really welcome, like a welcome addition to the MCU that they're having some of these hard conversations on screen. And they're making me think of how I even think of the Marvel characters. And so I just feel like this has been a really important story for them to tell. 
even if it hasn't been electric, you know, the entire time for five episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, how, yeah, how much more on the This one was a little slower, but I, I actually was one of my favorite episodes. Um, in fact, episode four, which had a bunch of these set pieces in it, I thought was mostly pretty silly. Like I didn't, I think whoever directed that episode didn't do a great job with those set pieces. Um, just random, like some pe- person gets hit against the wall and everyone stops fighting when they're like literally all trying to kill each other. I don't think that that would stop you. Like, oh, we were just playing. We didn't mean to hurt anybody. Like, let's all stop. And then the bad guys run. It was like Scooby-Doo. Um, and so I had a couple. It was, dude. I had a couple problems with it. And this last episode was like really grounded. I feel like it, you know, it's it set up the, the finale, but not in ways that we can predict. I, you know, and we'll try to at the end of the episode. But um, I don't know what's going to happen. Before I send it to Ryan here, I would just say that the, the conversation with the um, black super soldier who had been, you know, treated so poorly and... Falcon just felt like one of the most important things that Marvel has done, at least in a long time, if not ever. Like it just was like a conversation that was so intense and emotional and they don't always have those moments. uh, That was one of the things I was going to touch on because he, they they wrote it in such a way that you could have plugged him into any uh, first, first black group of people in the Navy SEALs, first black, group of people in the air force first black group of guys in the navy the flying planes like tuskegee airmen you know type of scenario and the conversation would have played very similarly right in in talking about how they were treated Mm -hmm. because how much more on the nose could they be in literally having anthony mackie as falcon a black man against the new captain america who's white strong-jawed aryan looking motherfucker Right, like it, it, it could not be set up anymore as a large discussion about race. I also liked though that the conversation um, at times I felt like was almost over my head um, because I don't have the same life experiences, and so there was like times where I was like, I feel like this conversation is like so deep and like would be mean so much to me if I was, especially if I was a person of color, black Marvel fan, mm-hmm. uh, and like. I love the depth it added to his character when he was just saying things like, I don't understand. And he was like, how could you not understand? And he was, he's got, he's got more important things to do nowadays, but I would really, really, really love to talk to nerdy about Mm -hmm. Falcon and the winter soldier and get his perspective on the way Disney treated it. And, um, his, you know, sort of reaction to that. Cause I feel like, I mean, the guy's very worldly and understands all of those things. Um, but maybe someday. Yep. No, that's a good call. I'm sure he would be, well, he'd, he'd be interested on, on anything, but it's definitely uh, a Venn diagram for him of his passion. So yeah. sure. Cool. Let's move on. Uh, Jim, you're watching the nevers on HBO max. What'd you think of this? So this is a, this is a pretty big show. And I feel like a lot of shows that look like this just came out recently. I feel like Netflix has two of them that are both bad and this is HBO max's one. So it's like um, sort of mutants or superheroes in the Victorian era in England, uh, in London. And it seems to be mostly like these powerful kind of women-led led cast. Uh, the sets are amazing. The writing is really crisp and smart. And the acting is good. I, not a lot of people I recognize. I recognize, um, except for Nick Frost is in it, but it's, it's good, man. And, you know, Joss Whedon, who his reputation has suffered a lot recently, but you know, he produced, wrote Cabin in the Woods, and then he did one amazing Avengers movie, one not so good Avengers movie. Uh, and then, you know, he's, he's done other big things. 
And then they took him over and he, he finished Justice League for DC, did a bad job there. So he's a little bit disgraced right now. Plus, he had a lot of allegations of these, you know, horrible behavior on set and all these things. Right. So he's in a bad spot. But he wrote this. He produced it. He directed it. This is him. It feels like him. Did you guys ever watch Buffy back in the day? Buffy Vampire Slayer? No, I didn't either. But like people are obsessed with the show. And I think that from what I've seen of that, it feels a little bit like that, but more a little bit more serious tone. Um, I don't know. I, it, it's only episode one, but I'm going to keep watching it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's really creative. And they've already set up a, like a bunch of cool mystery stuff of, you know, the only people that got powers are like women and then like poor people. So the, the you know, powers that be in, in London feel like, well, this is an attack from, you know, the Chinese or somebody that they're that's, you know, competing with them for resources to kind of ca- cause an uprising within the people. So um, a lot of trying to make parallels to modern day society. It's a good show, I think. I'm going to keep watching it. It's a wreck, at least for episode one. And new episodes on Sunday, so episode two is coming out later tonight. And you watched Them? Where can people find that? And is that Amazon Prime? Okay, so Them is like a is like a horror anthology thing they're doing. So this is going to be one season of this, and then they're going to switch it up and do something different next season. Uh, this is like uh, a black family moved from the South to Compton in the 60s when like everybody in the South that was black, like kind of had this big exodus to places where they could sort of get, you know, industry jobs and have a different life away from the super crazy racism. But apparently in Compton at this time, it wasn't any better. Um, So you have like, you know, the horrors of racism in this white community for this family to experience. Plus like literal, very, very scary horror shit in this haunted house that they're living in. Um, So kind of getting hit two ways. I think I like it. I've only watched a couple it's getting really good reviews, so I'm going to stick with it, um, but it's not perfect. There's definitely some scenes that don't work. I thought when they got scary with it, it was really scary. So it's not just like, you know, society stuff. It's actually got some real horror aspects to it. I'm going to keep going with it. Better than Lovecraft Country? After two episodes of Lovecraft Country, I would have said that was better, but I stopped watching that after five or six could, didn't finish yeah. it. Didn't see a point. It was going getting so bad. Um, so I sure hope it's going to be, but you will get Lovecraft vibes, um, especially with the really blatant, you know, old fashioned racism where they were just weren't afraid to be horrible to each other. So um, you're going to get vibes of it, but it's definitely, you know, a different tone. Okay. All right. With good comparison. Just when I thought Netflix was out of my life, here they come with two just shitty shows that are great for eating up time. Um, first up, I watched season two of The Circle, okay? The whole and, thing? Well, it's only four episodes are out currently. Oh, okay. This is not like Netflix. Drop in a few episodes and then weekly after that. Um, I think that The Circle is one of the best, like, just we spent zero fucking dollars on this show kind of shows that's ever been made. Just because it is just like watching a psychological competition. Uh, It's just an interesting battle of people and they're always second guessing themselves and trying to create little alliances. It's just such an easy watch this year. They're trying to improve it by like throwing in some like low level celebrity stuff into it. Like Lance Bass from NSYNC and um, a few C-listers sprinkled in there. Yeah. A girl from um, too hot to handle. If you guys remember that bad reality show, Uh, did you watch that one too? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> is that where they like couldn't have sex on the island or something? Yeah, it was like a bunch of like sexy influencers going to this perfect island to find love and they were supposed to find love but they couldn't 
touch each other. Okay. It was not to handle. It was, uh, yeah, I bet. Uh, the circle is better because the circle is kind of interesting and like it's, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to win this competition using like social media popularity. And I know like every word I just said would turn people off, but like as it go, as a reality show goes, this is a great, just like melt your fucking brain and relax for a while because it's just trashy, great television. Um, the other show, which is definitely better and it is definitely a wreck is this is a robbery, the world's biggest art heist, which is their new documentary that they're really pushing. This is, um, an art museum, like this famous, like weird, eccentric art museum in Boston. And in 1990 on St. Patrick's Day, the night of St. Patrick's Day, two guys dressed as Boston police officers come to the door. They get let in and then they tie up the guards and they spend 81 minutes in this museum using a knife to cut out of these frames, like priceless works of art a bunch of Rembrandts and, you know, just these just insanely rare art pieces of art valued at the time in 1990 at $200 million. So it's, uh, it's the town meets Thomas crown affair. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. It is so crazy. Um, I'm a few episodes in the story. It's, I would say episode one, I was like not sold yet. And now I'm in the middle of it and it's really good. And it has a lot of ties to the mafia and it has all these different leads that go on for, you know, the past 30 years and things that people didn't check on and reasons that they were vulnerable and the ties to the Italian mob and to the Irish mob. And it was, it's a good show. And if you like, like trying crime documentaries, um, this one has been really fun. And I would say well, I think this one does not have like- a resolution, though, because the, those people have not been caught and the artwork has not been recovered correctly. Hasn't been recovered. Okay. Um, so interesting. So I wonder if it fades for you a little bit as you go on, but keep keep rocking it. Because you told me that earlier, I did watch the first 15 minutes and it was already pretty captivating, I think. So I'm going to keep rocking with it. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And uh, I mean, after watching the Into the Storm QAnon one, I think it's like that level of good. Like, again, the QAnon one, they're looking for who Q is and they don't really have, you know, I'm not going to spoil yeah. anything for anyone. I mean, they still don't have any proof of who Q is, but like they're trying their hardest in that to find out who it is or make their guesses. So I'm hoping that's what happens here. I'm hoping that they have some real guesses at the end and they have some leads that they are trying to follow up on. I'm not and sure. then you can you can drive your own conclusion then at yeah. that point. I kind of yeah. like that. I think that's kind of fun. So I like it. I think it's definitely a wreck. I'm not sure how many episodes there are. I watched like three or four of them so far, and I think it's what was it? What was it called again, Eric? This is a robbery. The world this is a robbery. Okay, art heist. Yeah, two hundred million. One thing I thought was interesting is that they value um, stolen goods at between three to ten percent of their value. So they were valuing those. $200 million worth of paintings at between three or six and 20 million, which is just crazy. Because you can't really put it in a big, you know, auction. Yeah. It's going to have to be under the table to a private dealer. It, that you it, can't it's, show anybody. It's, it's Pawn Stars prices. Yeah. It's just, I, mean, that, I mean, that's what you get. You know? I have this $50 million Rembrandt and someone's like, I'll give you 5 million for it. I can't show anyone it. And then you're just like, okay. Yeah. Well, and then, and this is, this is a stupid thing that I know. I know a lot of, uh, Art pieces are also valued, um, evaluated by the frames that they're in. Um, and that's how they like authenticate a lot of the stuff because the frames can't be recreated. Um, and so when he was saying they, they like cut them out of the yeah. frames, you just have this rolled up piece of paper that's not as valuable as something that you can then take to like a, a, a legitimate auction. And I'm picturing the auction for 
um what was the adam sandler movie with kg um oh yeah uh uncut gems uncut gems yep. where it's like oh yeah yeah we're gonna get it we're gonna get it no nope, no nope, we're not um, yeah. so anyway yeah so they use those frames to like sort of authenticate because the part that you can't see at like the top like quarter inch of the frame is hidden right mm-hmm. and so that's a lot of times where the artists will hide things and and that's how they authenticate them so that immediately devalues the the painting itself interesting all right guys um <laughs> that's pretty much all we have for hot wrecks so that there's only one place that we can head at this point and it's to our new favorite topic. Gosh, this would be great if I had it all lined up. Segment, you mean? Our new, our one of our favorite segments. What do you got going here? I'm, I'm just, I'm like just behind. I'm just slow. I'm just ruining it. Mm-hmm. No, the moment is dead. But I'm just curious what it was going to be. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to, oh my God, that's Jason Bourne rewatch. <laughs> we finally Dude, got you that nailed line. it. You nailed the delivery just in time for us to end the Jason Bourne rewatch. It's been fun. Let's go. Yeah. All right, so we're not going to watch the uh, other two Jason Bourne movies. One of them titled Jason Bourne. The other one of them, I don't think anyone watched. Um, it wasn't even starring Matt Damon. This yeah, is say Jer- Jeremy Renner. This yeah. is uh, the Bourne Ultimatum. Is that what this one was? Correct. Yes. Correct. That never has there been a series that I didn't know the name of any movie more than this one. I mean, just the least memorable names. They're all the Bourne Ultimatum, I think. Right. One, two, and three. This one starts off right where the last one ended with Jason Bourne wounded in, like, Russia, is it? I think he's in Russia at this point. Yeah, I yeah. think so. He's badly wounded. He's he's escaping like he always is. And I think that for all the incredible fight scenes and all the incredible chase scenes and all the, you know, the the interesting ways they use technology and the, oh, my God, that's Jason Bourne stuff. All of that's great. But I think that the best part of the Bourne movies is how cool he is when he's um, when the walls are closing in. Like his escapability and like his resourcefulness and mm-hmm. how calm and smart he is in like escaping the most difficult situations where it just seems like he's about to get caught. Every time that happens, I am so glued to the screen. And it's usually just him walking. <laughs> grabbing things and like hiding and ducking his head and, you know, just using his surroundings. And I think that's the best part of all of these movies. There's a really cool, there's a really cool YouTube montage called like Jason Bourne, escape artist. And it's just the montage of him, like just getting out of sticky situations. I need to watch that because that's my favorite part of these movies. So this one is, uh, I think my favorite one. Uh, He quickly finds out about a reporter who is on to, what is it called? Briar, Blackbriar. 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 Mm-hmm. Briar Patch was the show that they made, I believe. Um, but Blackbriar, he's on to something with that. He has some contact he's going to meet. He gets a phone call from Jason Bourne. And of course, Jason is so smart, he calls one of his coworkers' phones. Instead, that guy's phone is tapped. They can't get the phone. They start following him. Jason Bourne knows he's being followed. They meet up quickly. And then he has to talk him through this entire train station of... Which is Waterloo Station in London, which is one of the largest train depots in all of the world, and it's humongous. I think this scene is also so incredible because somehow it's completely ridiculous and not believable, and how they filmed it, it felt like it could happen. Like, I was just like, oh, I would listen to every word this guy said. I would make it out of this situation. And he's just, he's fighting people, he's 
taking people out one at a time. He's making all these moves to save this guy uh, to get as much. Well, especially, especially with the with the bus part where he had him stand next to the guy in the hoodie with the hood up. And mm-hmm. he said, turn around. And so he turned around and then immediately the CIA were drawn to the guy that was standing next to him. Who's a completely innocent bystander. Yeah. And he's like, and when, when the bus, day yeah, dude, they like stuck a needle in his neck and like captured <laughs> him and like hauled him off in a van somewhere. He's probably getting like waterboarded. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much what Portland's like right now. And Minneapolis is like at this point too. As long as you're a journalist. Yeah. It's entirely possible. Um, and then Jason Bourne's like, hey, the bus is coming in seven seconds. I want you to walk straight left. Like that stuff is so, like Eric said, it's so ridiculous. But at the same time, when you're watching it, I was like, I'm, I'm captivated. I've seen this movie multiple times. And every time this Waterloo Station scene has me on the edge of my seat. You know, and the funny thing is, though, it's like he's got him on a private line. Why is he telling him, like, we have to keep meeting up? Like, just get the information. You're on the phone with him. True. I don't know. Well, I, I think, think he, no, I little... think he knew his I think he knew his life was in trouble and so he was yeah, trying so to save. Yeah, so he's like we got to save you first and then I'll get some information, which he did right. get a little bit and then of course the guy gets his top blown off in the end anyways. Couldn't keep his cool. Wasn't Jason Bourne? Yeah, he couldn't. You get, uh, I just got to go. You get the great moment though where he goes into that back hallway and the guys about to shoot him and then Bourne just beats their ass on camera, looks up at the camera, you get the Oh my God, that's Jason Bourne. What a moment. I love it. Love it. Need those. Need two or three per... per, uh... I just need them to just keep saying that. Like every time they see him on camera and they just shit themselves, I'm like, yeah, he's he's such a beast. Jason Bourne, I, I mean, this might be too early to say it, but I think Jason Bourne is the most underrated action hero Ever. Yeah, because he has, it's a different set of skills he has. Obviously, he can fight with anything, and he can shoot, and he can drive. But he's also, you know, like you said, he's so resourceful. He is, he knows how to do all these technology pieces. He's good with all the espionage stuff. He's got a lot of skills, man. Well, like, like James Bond is always equipped with the latest technology, right? Mm-hmm. Jason Bourne is using, like, prepaid cell phone and, right. like, just a shitty, like, ear microphone and he's got to kind of do it all on his own like like bond's got oh, a brand new car and it's outfitted with uh the late he's got a, a defibrillator built into the glove box and you know shit like that like jason Bourne's like i don't even have a coat i just yeah. feel this coat from somebody on the street dude here's here's one of the signature jason Bourne moments it's happened in multiple times throughout all these movies he gets a clue he goes to an internet cafe he googles something for three seconds gets an address and immediately, he is a man of action. So he he stands up and he marches directly from Moscow to, to Paris. Like, he is a man of action. He is on to the next. He is moving. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't waste time for anything. I guess my biggest complaint with Jason Bourne, okay? Like, this is just so completely unbelievable to me that it, like, takes me out of the movies each time. The passport? No. Why in the oh. world is Jason Bourne not changing his hairstyle and facial hair, but he forces all the women in his life to just chop their hair with a fucking scissor. You know why? And he always watches them. Dude, I figured out Jason Bourne's kink. Oh, I don't like it. It's putting women in danger and then forcing them to cut their hair at a sink while he watches. I don't like it. I don't like <laughs> he it. He did it again. I, he always- Damn it. That's so accurate that it's, it's upsetting. <laughs> the only way he can it's get so out. accurate. Why isn't he changing his hairstyle? Matt Damon with a little buzz cut in movie three. Why don't we have that? Or like Matt, well, so facial hair, like where is that? He's so I, I, yeah. I, I have, and I have a similar question to that. Is like re- remember in Identity when he went to the Swiss bank uh, safe deposit box and he had like I don't know 
10 passports, right? And they were all different. I would assume that the agency gave those to him in some capacity and he looks exactly the same. So like all of these CCTV cameras, especially when he's traveling via country to country and going through customs uh, or like immigration, I would assume if he's the most number one wanted criminal by the NSA, they've got some facial recognition technology that would pick him up at the nearest like Interpol location or, or like, uh, we're not going to apprehend him, but hey, NSA, your guy is in Madrid. We yeah. just he just came Which up on the thing. I mean, that's that does that stuff does happen, and that's why we get these big standoffs between the CIA agents and him, and why he has to have all these escapes because he does get flagged sometimes. I love all of his uh, like misdirection stuff where he. So you have the the big scene where he gets the information. Wait, no, that was a different one. Where, where is the one he's supposed to meet Pam? And then that was this one. That was this one at the end. Yes, yeah, and so he tricked him, and then he went into their office instead. Yeah, she gave him the the address, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. This one. She, you, you were born. You were born four eleven seventy, which yeah. was, or seventy one or something like that. Yeah. And that was a building. They find the building. They all go there, and then he calls this just asshole guy who's like running the new program, and he's like. Hey, and he was like, I, I was expecting this call. And he's like, where are you? And then he's like, I'm in my office. And he's like, no, he's like, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Because if yeah. you were, we'd be having this, this conversation face to face. Click up the phone and then click. Oh, yeah. All hell breaks loose. They're rushing back. He fucking busts into the safe, gets all the information. Game fucking over. I like that. He's like, he's like this wanted criminal killer like murderer who's like murdered a bunch of innocent people like he's kind yeah. of bad. he's kind of bad. well yeah yeah when he was like a winter soldier type now he's uh white wolf yeah true but now, now he only kills like, to protect himself and now he's the like women that he fails to protect now he's like a man of the people like trying to take down the government for sketchy shit and he's just trying to steal information to get information out not really to even clear his name just because yeah um, speaking of his name, he's David Webb mm-hmm. from Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that whatever the government did to him was an improvement. Yeah. For sure. I mean, he was going to be David Webb from Missouri. So if he's Jason Bourne and he's like worldwide, Mr. Mr. Worldwide. Sorry, man. That was probably good for you. I mean, it was a little fucked up that it just took 52 hours for him to just brutally murder an innocent guy. Which one was that? When he was just like, you haven't slept in 52 hours. And then he's like, what did he do? And he's like, it doesn't matter. And then he's yeah. like, are you going to do this or not? And he just fucking shoots this dude. I would have been like too worried it was like someone I knew. Yeah. I'd have been like. No, that was crazy. That was So that, that was good flashbacks. I have to complain a little bit. Doing a rewatch. We're also assessing how rewatchable is this series. And they did a little bit more flashing back to the previous two movies than I would have preferred. Which is probably helpful if it's been four years since they made one. For us, I'm like, yep. No, I just watched that. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're and you're right. Like, like from like a linear perspective, they're giving you context when they realize in the theaters you haven't seen the Born Supremacy for four years. Yeah, it makes sense. But given that, like you said, we just watched it seven days ago, not really necessary. But uh, you can ignore those, or if you've got the fast forward fifteen seconds, you can kind of skip through those pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was pretty wild though that he just murdered some innocent guy because they told him to. If it, I kept thinking like, if it was me, they would have been like, "You haven't had food in twelve hours. Are you going to shoot him or not?" And then I'd be like, "Fuck it." <laughs> yeah, it's like here's like, like here's a room temperature like, pop tart. Eric's like pop 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 pop. No, they're like, they're dangling, dangling a Taco Bell bag in front of you. Like, just go ahead. 
all, all you gotta do to get the bag. I'm like, God damn it! I had a fucking hunch it was barter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew uh, it. And then they were like, they're like, and now your name is Jason Bourne, and I'm like, sick. That's great. It's a great name. <laughs> and then they're so like, much you know, you can eat like six tacos. You can have another one if you kill just one more person. <laughs> Bring them in, baby. I loved this. He goes in at the end. He breaks in. He's gonna get this information. He kind of walks right into death. I mean, he, he at this point, he just he wants answers more than he wants freedom. Well, that was, yeah. uh, but then when they knew that was happening, that was also the intent because the guy that was like the original leader of the hospital lab was like i'll keep him in play until you get here yeah and so that was also a ballsy move on his part because he knew he who was coming back in and so the the only weapon that he had would be like a psychological advantage over born and he knew he couldn't do anything like physically or or you know with any sort of weapons it it was going to have to be like uh mind fucking him essentially and it made for a pretty solid final uh like standoff with him um, he escapes as they, they come for him. He had let the guy live, the assassin live earlier. And, you know, the guy was like weirded out. Like, why didn't he kill me? He had the chance to. He has Jason Bourne dead to rights. He's like, why are we even doing this? Like, do you even know what I did? Do you even know why you're doing this? Do you even know anything? Like, mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. Gives himself up. The guy has a change of heart to, you know, pretty much decides, you know what? He spared me. I'm going to spare him. He's right. And then the other guy, the evil dude running it all. Noah Vonley. Gets up there, mm-hmm. takes his shot as Bourne jumps off the roof, hitting Bourne. Uh, he falls a billion floors into the water. And you get kind of like this whole recap as his body just floats underwater of, you know, that that guy got arrested, that these government programs were wrong, and they killed all these Americans, and all this mm-hmm. sketchy stuff had happened, and blah, 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 blah. They were going to fix everything. And then you get that Jason Bourne had fallen this whole way, former name David Webb, and that had been three days but his body still hadn't been recovered. And Nikki, Nikki smiles. Oh! <laughs> Love it. Bye. Perfect ending to the whole thing. And you don't want to know and, anymore. We didn't need more movies after this. And he's swimming away in full clothing, shoes, everything, not sinking to the bottom, being weighed down by the extra weight. Because it's Jason Bourne. I loved this movie. I loved this rewatch. I think that they crushed it. And I don't know. I want more Matt Damon, I guess. I like Matt Damon. He can't do this shit anymore. Now he, like, buys zoos and does fat people stuff. He's not what he used to be. Um, Not the body shame Matt Damon or anything. The chemistry, I don't know if it's necessarily on screen because I don't think they were ever really on the same screen together. But the conversations between Pam, Landy, and Jason Bourne were absolutely like the pinnacle of this show. Mm-hmm. Like two really intelligent people trying to help one another in a way while being cryptic really right. worked. I, like just on the rewatch, like looking at it with a more critical eye, right? Because, we're, you know, we want to discuss it. I thought that their like sort of phone interactions were absolutely fantastic. I loved all of their phone conversations. So I agree. I think we would we should move on, but we I would be remiss. We'd all be remiss if we didn't mention the greatest sequence in all three movies, which was the Tangiers chase through the rooftops, jumping through the window, which was like oh yeah, what they showed that they didn't even need to have a trailer for Born Three. They should have just played that. And then been like, go see the movie. That was the main part of the trailer. Leading I into seeing a scene that. where he, you know, in the it, movie one, killed somebody with a pen. Movie two, killed somebody with a rolled up news uh, magazine. Three, it's a book, baby. And he, he's fighting with the book. A book and a towel. out in the bathroom. 
Yeah, I did I think one of the coolest fights in all of them. What? I did a terrible job doing this because I missed that whole scene. Well, yeah, that was like, I mean, and that was like Dash or whatever, who was supposed to be this super badass assassin, who obviously was, but that stuff was so great. I mean, some of the best stuff in, in any, all three movies. I that alone it. probably pushes it. It edges out supremacy for me by a little bit. So it does go three, two, one for me. Um, but both, the, and, and they're all three great. All three are great. Second and third are a little better. I think Agreed. the only part I didn't like besides Jason Bourne never changing up his hair, facial hair, or even clothes. Um, I mean, he was just pretty much like somehow always stocked up with like Eddie Bauer quarter zips. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like just the same fucking look from this guy. Like, come on. Um, yep. So that was one issue. And then my other issue was... So he's trying to stop this assassination from happening for, from the source. He finds the source. He realizes too late that the bomb wasn't in the briefcase or the bag. It was, it was the like scooter, right? right? The scooter blows up pretty fucking close to Jason Bourne, who's just standing there, kills the guy in the car who's further away. Bourne just gets launched into a car and gets up and then like kills the dude. He was way farther than the, the guy was literally next to the bomb. Oh, he was? Yeah, yeah, I don't know if he, they didn't do a he, good job. He literally, he stopped right next to, like, the driver's side of the vehicle stopped right next to the scooter, and Jason was down the street because he had his hand up uh, telling him to stop. I thought that Jason was next to the scooter, and the guy was like, he was like, don't come no, over here. Jason was next to the bag, okay. which was, like, 20 feet away from where the scooter was. Okay. Because, yeah. yeah, Boring just gets launched into a car, then gets up and then just kills that dude with his bare hands after getting, like, blown up. That was great. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Loved it. I'm Guys, do you want to know how much I liked this rewatch? I liked it so much that even though we are not going to watch more Bourne, I am going to watch Jason Bourne this week. Are you really? So we're, not, we're, not, we're not officially watching it, but you're going to watch it. I'm still well, we might have to talk about it then. I'm still we, watching it because I love Bourne. I don't know if I want to drop another $4 on it. And I, I did see it within the last six years. Well, but we, watched it, we watched it on the pod and talked about it for sure. Oh. Yeah, we probably did. Well, I know we, we have to figure out what our next rewatch is. is. It was one of Eric's most anticipated movies Mm -hmm. of like 2017, I want to say. Yes. So I think it was just, it was just okay. I think this is where we're at guys. I think we're going to do, I think we do Star Wars summer, which will be really fun and it's easy to watch and everyone can watch Star Wars with us and we'll watch all whatever 12 of them that there are. And then we can do um, Bond in end of summer into October, like the most important Bond. The new one coming out, which is perfect. Right into the new one. At least all the Craig ones right into the new one, which would be great. And, you know, maybe after that we do Game of Thrones, the 10 best episodes. So we just watch like the most important or the most exciting or like the biggest set piece episodes. Try to do like one or two per season. Yeah. Like just, and we can, we can get to 10, 10 just must watch episodes that were like really fun, like battle of the bastards and, um, hard home and, you know, like just the big, the big heavy hitters we need to watch. Yeah. Red wedding, all of them. Um, so we need to come up we'll with something to, in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, and you know we can always go to the the audience, which is always really helpful with this. So I don't think we have anything that we can even tease right now, but we will find something and soon because we'll we'll hey we'll be back next week with the new re- rewatch. I don't know what it's going to be though. I'm thinking uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah, I mean it's kind of similar to to, to Born, I guess. It's not all the same movie, but it'd be almost fun to compare them. You know, Tom Cruise is no. Matt Damon. Because he's better? Um, he's worse. He's a better action star. Have you ever seen him run? <laughs> he's fast as shit. 
He does. At least his little body makes him look really fast. He does the cool uh, hanging on the side of the plane thing. That was. Cool. Do you think that Matt Damon did any of his own stunts? I feel like Matt Damon actually fucking fought all those. People. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing he won, or the plot would have been really hard to face, to work around. I was all about it. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what else we could watch. I know one movie you really want to watch, though, that isn't a rewatch, but I really want to watch Interview with a Vampire. Interview with a Vampire? Yeah. Oh, it's a, have you seen it before? Yeah, it's great. I just want to watch it's it. It's a great movie. It's I mean, could we do, we could could do, do Saving like, Private Ryan for Eric? Hmm? I mean, it's not really. Could we do Saving, we could watch saving Private Ryan? We could watch it, but it's not really a rewatch because it's not really part of a series. We could watch. Let's just, we'll figure it out. Off air. Off air. We'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. Okay. I, I like I like the Mission Impossible idea. N- might be that. New segment. Here we go. Streamer or steamer? Did I get Streamer right? or steamer. What did I Let's say? Let's go. Yeah, you got okay. it. I want to reiterate because it's a great name. Yeah, so we are trying to figure out if you should stream these movies or not. We're going to watch one per week. The first one we're doing, X-Men, The New Mutants. This movie was pushed off for like two years. It drops on HBO Max. It's part of the... X-Men universe pre-MCU. It has Arya Stark. It has the Queen's Gambit. It has all... Who else? Anyone else? The the dude from... No, the the older... Mike's older brother from Stranger Things. Yes. Yes. With the the droopy eyes, the baggy eye kid. The cocaine guy who dated Nancy in real life. Right. Okay. That's who's in this movie. Um, That's it. I watched it right away. Like, we stopped recording and I, like, threw it on and watched it. I did too. I watched it last Sunday night. This movie and and here let's just let's just set up a, a couple more things. Arya Stark three years ago, or Maisie Williams, let's call mm-hmm. her by her real name, um, was at the peak of her powers. I mean, yeah. literally and and for, metaphorically. Um, Stranger Things was as big as could be. I think Anya Taylor Joy was up and coming. Probably wasn't yeah. as big as she ha- is now. Right. Um. So they they had some decent names. Um. And the New Mutants was going to kick off this whole new era of X-Men from DC. Or no, not DC. It's Marvel. Uh, Fox Studios. Fox at that time. And we were like, oh, shit, they're going dark. They're going in a completely different direction. Like, this isn't going to be happy-go-lucky. This is going to be some serious shit. Um, And then the movie we finally get is like an hour and 30 minutes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thank uh, God. Oh, it was it was a tight ninety, and probably could have been like a tight seventy one, mm-hmm. like very easily. Well, uh, almost almost nothing happens in this movie. Um, it's it has one location, which is like a mens- like a dilapidated mental institution. It has a cast of seven total ever. Uh, is it six kids, or maybe it's only five kids and one one worker, one like you know doctor? You saw her that's dad. all the characters that ever get in there, and then the dad, or one of the main characters' dad. That's it. It's a small cast, one set, um, a decent amount of CG, which I think was mostly successful. I don't think it was horrible. I well, they had they had five years to to brush it up, so yeah. I would hope that it was okay. I mean, th- this movie was one of the most cursed productions of all time. Um, it was not good. Like, I don't think any of us are going to say good movie, right? I think uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a steamer. It's a, it's a hundred percent steamer. All right, man. You okay. So you're saying steamer, uh, and that's, that's your right to do. But for me, this movie doesn't have to be great for me to have thought it was worth my time watching. I actually am going to go with streamer on this. I watched the whole thing. I would recommend it to anybody that's curious on a weird ass superhero movie. I've never seen anything like it. And like you said, it's 90 minutes. 
So for me, I would say go ahead and watch this thing. Um, if it sucks, shut it off. You're not going to miss much. And it's not like they're launching a brand new big universe like Ryan, you touched on. Uh, this thing is dead. It's not going anywhere. These characters will not appear anywhere else. Um, but it's interesting. It's weird to see Anya Taylor-Joy like before she figured out how to act and then win like Golden Globes, I guess, because she went from one of the worst jobs I've ever seen in any acting to like amazing in Queen's Gambit, right? So I think it's interesting. Yeah, we were, I would recommend a stream on this one, actually. We were texting about that, and I said, for all of the accolades that she got and all the props we gave Anya Taylor-Joy for Queen's Gambit, it is all taken away in <laughs> The New Mutant. Like, it, she, we should disparage her in the same amount of love that we gave her for Queen's Gambit as what she did for New Mutants. And I'm not saying that's her fault, right? because she had nothing they made, her, her, lines they made her Russian, about. the lines were horrible. The, the writing was just god-awful. How about this? Um, they have her be incredibly racist to a Native American woman, and then they still redeem her character at the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> unbelievable. Like, the whole like, where's thing, her atonement like, for being like, oh, how about the powwow and, you know, you fucking... Pocahontas. Literally some, like a Buffalo Trump jerky, line. bitch. Like, oh my god. It was a Donald Trump line. He, he, she called her Pocahontas. Yeah. Like for and then later, Warren. we're like, "Yep, she's part of the team." We forget all that. Just, just, it's bad, but it's it's interesting enough for me, and I was curious on it, and I enjoyed watching it enough that it's a stream for me. So I didn't enjoy I didn't enjoy watching it at all. Okay, um, well, then it's I thought it was right. most I thought it was mostly bad. I didn't find Arya Stark or Maisie Williams compelling. Horrible. Anya, Anya Taylor Joy was beyond the pale, and but Jonathan, uh, whatever his name is from Stranger Things is his Tennessee accent was worse than Anya Taylor-Joy's Russian accent. And <laughs> that's saying something. I don't, I don't find anything redeeming about this movie at all. Okay. Well, Eric, you get to decide, buddy. Eric, is it a streamer a or is it a streamer? Okay. So I'm trying to be fair here because to stream something, you're already paying for the service. And so you're just getting to watch something that you're already paying for. If it's, if it's even entertaining, I think it's a streamer. Okay. Right. So I'm trying in my mind to have like a rule. So I'm kind of thinking like it can't be a streamer if it's under a 40 on my personal Rotten Tomato score for it. Okay? okay. So it could still be kind of like a rotten movie. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I saw a good time watching that. So like, yeah, I've like been, kind of, so I kind of gone back and forth on where I want the score, you know, decide streamer, steamer, streamer, steamer. And I give the movie my own score a six. <laughs> wow six. this movie was one of the worst movies i've ever watched the story i don't understand the story the bear that was there like a giant bear like ate someone or something um the uh the only thing i liked about it, the only thing that i liked about that this mm -hmm. is that they mentioned the x-men because it literally had nothing to do with the x-men at all other than that they right. mentioned it and the spooky faced cg guys that chased them cool. yeah actually they looked super cool yeah, yeah those those guys were good i agree those are the only parts of the whole movie i liked or even understood um i don't know what happened uh i got to the end and i was like did i black out did i miss 45 minutes of this because i don't even know what happened it was yeah. a whole movie do not but laugh then at the same time, when you got to the end, you're like, I don't know what happened. And then you're like, do I care enough to even like try and find out? Like, do I want to go to research this? And you're like, no, no, I want nothing to do with this movie. I, well, I that's would, it. people got fired over this movie. Like, why don't you announce, why don't you announce what, what the new mutants is then officially Eric? 
It's a steamer. It's a steamer. It's a steamer. And I'm okay with yeah. that. I will not battle you guys on it. I've been yeah. outvoted, so I don't have to, but well, it's, if it was a better if it was a better film, you would probably like want to try and argue your point a little bit more, but I yeah. feel like with this one, it's okay. It's okay it's to let it be a steamer. It's okay. Well, we will find a new one for next week. Jimbo, it's not your fault. Thanks, buddy. It's not it's not your fault. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. Uh, we'll be back with a sports cast later this week. We got lots to talk about. Um, make sure that you guys watch the last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, we'll talk about it all next week. Uh, can't wait for him to open that box. Is it wings? Is it a Captain America suit? I'm hoping Captain America suit. I think that's maybe Mag- maybe Magneto's in there. We don't know. Maybe there's <laughs> maybe there's the mutants. Maybe Magneto will show up. I don't know. Can't wait to find out. Um, until then, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies podcast. <laughs>